And I'd like you to open your Bibles this morning. We're going to be in the Old Testament book of Exodus. We're in chapter 20, and we're continuing in a sermon series called, Do the Ten Commandments Still Matter? And today we're going to be studying verses 8 through 11 in a message that I have titled, God's Holy Day. When I was a kid, whenever you would go into a restaurant, or if you went into a restaurant on a Friday, you knew what the special was. It was fish. Or the soup was. You know what the soup was, right? On Fridays, it's clam chowder. That's just what happened. Not so much now, but when we were kids, fish on Fridays, clam chowder. The small town that I grew up in, we didn't have a department store until the mid-90s, so when it came to buying school clothes, mom would take us down to Contrulis's department store and Contrulis is, though, you had to go Monday through Saturday because closed on Sunday. And a lot of the town was closed on Sunday. When was the last time that you, you asked, oh, I wonder, wonder if I can buy tires today if you're on a Sunday? Chances are you can, right? It's just our, our world these days. 20, 30 years ago, maybe not so much. Now, you can almost do anything on a Sunday that you would do on a Saturday. I remember my morning routine as a kid is that I would uh, get up and you'd get dressed in your Sunday best. Remember, those are the clothes that you can only wear to church. You can't wear them to school. You can't wear them out to play. Your Sunday best you only wear to church. And then after church, we would come home and mom would cook the last meal she was going to cook for the day. And we would sit down for lunch at about 1 p.m. And then mom's done cooking for the day. And you might be able to go out and play with your friends in the neighborhood, but don't even think about playing Little League or sports, organized sports, or having practices on a Sunday. That's not going to happen at all. You know what my parents did on Sundays after we had our uh, early afternoon dinner? You know what my parents did? This is crazy. My parents went and took a nap. Sunday afternoon, that's what they did. See, there was something different about... Sundays. It was different from Saturday. It was different from Thursday. Sundays were a, a day of rest. It was different. Not so much anymore, though. Our culture just has no value for rest. Today, we're going to be looking into the fourth commandment in our series, and, and we're going to find out why Sunday is so different. I want you to join me. We are in Exodus chapter 20, and this is what verses 8 through 11. We're going to read the entire scripture, and then we're going to expose it. We're going to dive into all of these verses. So we're in Exodus chapter 20, verses 8 through 11. Read like this. Remember to observe the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. You have six days each week for your ordinary work, but on the seventh day, or but the seventh day is the Sabbath day of rest dedicated to the Lord your God. On that day, no one in your household may do any work. This includes you, your sons and daughters, your male and female servants, your livestock, and any foreigners living among you. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea, and made everything in them. But on the seventh day he rested. That is why the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and set it apart as holy. In the ancient world, you would have many tribes, many different groups of people who lived in different areas of, uh, in, and now we're going to see in the promised land where the Israelites are on their way to. And a lot of these tribes had their own gods. And a lot of people would have a visual 
symbol, a visible, tangible reminder of a covenant with their particular God. In the book of Genesis, Noah is given a rainbow. We're all given a rainbow from God as a reminder of a covenant that God made with his people. One of the tangible reminders that God the Father gave to his people in the desert when it comes in the form of the Ten Commandments is this is this binding contract of sorts. It's a, it's a reminder of this covenant that God gives to his people in the form of the Sabbath. I want you to look at it with me. Let's dive into these verses together. Exodus chapter 20, verse number 8 reads like this. Remember to observe the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Here's the principle. It's point number one in your notes this morning. For those of you joining us for the first time, you can find our notes on our website about halfway down. You'll see it says sermon notes. Print those out, follow along, and uh, you can fill in the blanks as we go. Point number one in your notes this morning is this. The Sabbath is a day that God's children are commanded to set apart for the Lord. We are told in this commandment to remember the Sabbath. We're not asked to observe the Sabbath if we feel like it or if it's something that, yeah, you know what, yeah, we'll, we'll try that. No, we're studying the Ten Commandments. We're not studying the Ten Suggestions. This is a command. You are to honor and remember the Sabbath. A couple of weeks ago, we had talked about and we had studied the word holy, and we see it again in this verse. For something to be holy is for it to be set apart, to be set apart for God. Something that, it's, that is holy, it's unlike anything else. It's the opposite of common. It's the opposite of ordinary. If something is holy, it's not only different, it is drastically different. God is holy. He's not just different. He's drastically different different, set apart. The fourth commandment says to remember the Sabbath and keep it holy, which means to make sure that the Sabbath is not like any other day. It is different. So what exactly is the Sabbath? The the word Sabbath from the original language, it's this uh, intensive from a transliterated word, uh, Shabbat, which, which means to cease, or to rest, uh, to discontinue labor. And if we read verse number 8, and we see the, the word Sabbath, seeing what it means to cease, to rest, to discontinue labor, but the rest of verse number 8 actually tells us to do something. So in the same verse, we're being told not to do something, and then we're being told to do something. We want to discontinue something such as labor, but now we want to start something such as keeping it holy. Like, what is it? Is it a trick question? Like, how do, how do we do this? It makes sense that it is, it's both. To make something holy is to set it apart. There's an action that goes into that. But Sabbath means to cease. We need to put both of these in the same equation. See, the Ten Commandments, they characterize the Sabbath as a day that is blessed, as a day that should be remembered as holy, as a day that belongs to the Lord. And 
it's a day that requires, in its original context, an abstinence from, from working. So what does it mean to keep a day holy and set apart for God? We already mentioned that the Sabbath should be different from any other day if it is to be holy. And I mean, just ask yourself, is our Sabbath, is our Sunday, as, as most Protestants will, will, uh, will recognize in the Western world, is our Sunday, is our Sabbath any different from our Saturday? Because if what you do on Sunday looks exactly like what you do on Tuesday, then Sunday's not different nor has it been set apart as holy to the Lord. The Sabbath, the Sabbath was a big deal to God. I would argue it still is a big deal to God. I want you to see what we find in the book of Ezekiel in chapter 20. This is God speaking. We're in Ezekiel chapter 20, verse number 10. It says, So I took them out of the land of Egypt, this is God, and brought them into the wilderness. I gave them my statutes and informed them of my ordinances, by which, if a man observes them, he will live. Also, I gave them my Sabbaths to be a sign between me and them, that they might know that I am the Lord who sanctifies them. Watch this. But the house of Israel rebelled against me in the wilderness. They did not walk in my statutes, and they rejected my ordinances, by which, if a man observed them, he will live. Watch this. And my Sabbaths they greatly profaned. God says the house of Israel, they rebelled against him. They rebelled against this gift that God had given them, the Sabbaths. What, what does it mean? What, what, is, what is God saying here to, to profane the Sabbaths? Well, let's think about profanity. We'll use that word when it refers to maybe somebody's language. To profane something would be to pollute, maybe to defile, to, to desecrate. Literally to make something that is holy common or typical. It's taking something that God has demanded and he's commanded us to keep holy and making it look just like everything else. It has been profaned as God set it aside for us. All you have to do really is drive around our, our, our city and, and see that the Sabbath is no longer really set apart for God. Are we profaning God's tangible reminder of his covenant? Are you and I treating the Lord's day as typical, as ordinary, as common? You're here today listening to this sermon. You're studying the word of God and, and you're coming closer to Christ in your, in your faith and, and you're setting apart time for God right now to be with him, except for those of you that just got up a minute ago to go get another cup of coffee. Um, you know, when you get back, come back and give time to God again. But what are you doing at one o'clock this afternoon? What are you doing at five o'clock this afternoon? See, sometimes Christians, we feel like, you know, if we just get up in the morning, we go to church, we show up a few minutes late because, you know, we don't want to shake hands with the people. We just want to get there late, leave early. You know what? We're cool now. Or maybe we think that, um, maybe if I listen to a sermon on the radio today, we're good. 
check mark, got that done. Maybe we, um, maybe we answer that, that uh, message on our phone that says we have an alert from our version uh, Bible app. And, and so we read our Bible verse and we think that we've satisfied this self-imposed requirement to, to make ourselves feel better before God because we gave him some attention on a Sunday. God said to observe the Sabbath and keep it holy. God never said simply observe an hour on a Sunday and kind of learn something about me on that hour. No, he said observe, it's an action word, it's a verb, the Sabbath and keep it holy. Observe this day where you are doing nothing, make it holy, keep it separated and apart from everything else for God. Many of you know that I've preached, if you've been with us for any amount of time, you know that I'm not going to shy away from the difficult subjects. Um, you know, I've, I've preached on adultery, and we've preached on anger, and, and just last week I preached on stewardship, on tithing, and on, on giving. And every time that I preach on that topic of tithing, I remind you that God has a prescription for our finances. He has given us a prescription of, of giving God our first 10%, and then he's going to, uh, we're going to be able to manage and live off the remaining 90%. It's, it's our first fruits. But in, you say, well, Pastor, how, do, how does that have to do anything with this sermon when we're talking about the Sabbath? It relates because God has done the same thing with the Sabbath as he has done with our tithe. He actually has a prescription for your time and a prescription for your work. God says this, come back with me, we're in Exodus chapter 20, verse number 9. He says, six days you shall labor and do all your work. Let's stop right there. Here's the principle. Point number two in your notes this morning is this. Our work that brings a harvest to our household is prescribed to be done in six days. This command to stop work on the Sabbath means that all of our work throughout the week is prescribed to be done in six days, not seven. It gives us six to do our work. And the command actually has this undertone that sometimes we'll get into a sermon like this and, and we'll forget about this. But he's saying for those who are observing the Sabbath, you're not simply responsible for resting on the seventh day, but you are also responsible for diligently being working on the other six. I don't know about you, but I've known people who have been on a Sabbath day rest for about two and a half years. You know anyone like that? who's been enjoying the Sabbath for a while, you can't take a Sabbath from a Sabbath. That would be like saying, I need to rest from resting. No, we're supposed to work. And the nation of Israel back in, in this day and age, you are never going to find a 25-year-old that is just kicking it at home on the couch, Snapchatting with their friends, filming themselves for TikTok, and, and uh, posting selfies of all the food that they eat, kicking it. Not going to happen. As a matter of fact, they didn't have very many child labor laws back then. So if you were old enough to walk, you were old enough to carry. Not on the Sabbath, though, because that's, that's a day of rest. Now, before you start thinking to yourself, well, 
Pastor, you're saying that I can't have a job on Sunday. That's, that's, not what I'm, that's not what I'm saying. For all intents and purposes, myself right now, along with so many other pastors, yes, we're doing ministry, but this is work. We're, we're putting in work. And I know that, that many of you have had to work and, and will work on a, a Sunday as well. But sometimes our schedules demand us to work maybe eight, nine, ten days in a row? Have you been at a job where you had to work maybe 14 days straight? And, and, and for those people who have got to the end of a 80 hours straight, you realize that by the time you get to the end of this period, your body is, is, needs a rest. You are so tired. Your body needs rest. The prescription, your body was built. We were built for six days of work, a day of rest. We weren't built to go 12, 13, 14, 15 days in a row. And I want you to see what the Israelites, actually they had an encounter with this type of a, a scenario. It's back in Exodus chapter, um, Exodus chapter 16. We're going to get to that in just a second. But let, let's look at Exodus chapter uh, 20, verse number 10. Before we go to 16, God says this. He says, but the seventh day is a Sabbath day of rest dedicated to the Lord your God. Here's the principle. It's point number three in your notes this morning. God has built downtime into your nature and commanded you to take it. I know some moms who say, wow, I can't get a break. I've been going and going and going and they're, they're working, you know, with kids and laundry and bills and w everything that goes on in the home, 21 days, 30 days, 45 days. Dads, it's time to give mom a break, right? Because there's a lot of work that goes into even raising kids. And to go that long without a break, yeah, it, 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 it just it tears us down. We need a break. We need rest. God has built in downtime into our prescribed schedule for life, and he commands us to use it. It's there for us. Not only is it a day of rest, but it's an also a day of rest to the Lord. Would it be fair to say that God knows how busy our schedules are and knows that if he doesn't create time for us, like from the very beginning, that you and I can get so carried away in our busy lives. Can we get carried away enough that we don't find time to stop and recognize Him? To imagine that God built a prescription into our lives and into our time that purposefully focuses on Him. It says, rest for, and from everything else, make sure you're focused on me, this day. Just like with the tithes and offerings, as, as Christians, we can come to a point in our walk with Christ where our obedience or our lack of obedience can hinder our growth in our Christian walk. You can grow so much, but when you say, you know what, I'm just not going to be obedient here. I'm not going to be obedient to the tithe. Your, your growth is your, your, your growth is, is stunted. The Sabbath, 
It's one of those areas that we could say, no, you know what, I'm not, I'm not going to do it. I'm just not, I'm not going to follow this. Observing the Sabbath, it can fall into the same type of category. If we're not taking our break, if we're not taking our rest, there, there's people who are simply workaholics. And there's this, this mindset that I have to always be earning something. I have to always be going to provide for my family because if I'm not working, then I'm not providing. And, and that means I'm going to have to work on Saturday and I'm going to have to work on Sunday. I have to continue to go even on this day off that's been prescribed. It is showing God, however, that we can't trust his prescription for our time. Because we're not allowing ourselves to take the rest that he's built in to the system he gave us to live by. We're telling God with the tithe, I can't trust you on 90%. We're telling God with the Sabbath and working straight through it that I can't trust you with six days. But I'm just going to take it. It's a growth step in our Christian walk. Here's what Exodus chapter 16 says. We're going to get there. Let me set the scene for you. It's about three months after the nation of Israel has gone into the desert. They left Egypt. They're out into the desert, and they're on their way to the promised land, and the people start grumbling because they're hungry. And so God says he's going to feed them. He's going to give them what's called manna. It's this bread from heaven that God is going to give to them, and, and they will go out and collect it from the desert every day. And, and Moses, God told Moses, tell the people that they should go out and they should gather up a portion of manna every day, bring it to their home. That's what they're going to eat for, for the day. And he says, I'm going to give you this instruction to test if the people are going to follow my instructions and my directions. Here's the test. On the sixth day, you tell the people to go out and collect twice as much manna as they would the other days, so they could bring it home with them, and they would have manna, they would have food for the sixth day and the seventh day. And Moses tells the people that God says, don't go into the field on the Sabbath, on the seventh day, because you're not going to find any manna out there. The seventh day is not a work day. He's provided on the sixth, go and collect for two days. I want you to see what, uh, what happens. Exodus chapter 16, we're in verse number 27, says this, Some of the people went out anyway on the seventh day, but they found no food. The Lord asked Moses, How long will these people refuse to obey my commands and instructions? They must realize that the Sabbath is the Lord's gift for you. That is why he gives you a two-day supply on the sixth day. So there will be enough for two days. On the Sabbath day, you must each stay in your place and do not go out to pick up food on the seventh day. See, it seems like our human nature. Whenever there's a rule, whenever there's an instruction, we just want to break it, right? See, God gave his people an instruction. He says in the commandments, work hard for six days and then I want you to rest. I want you to rest to honor me, to make a day holy to me, to separate that day from all of the other days, 
and to be different. Sunday, your Sabbath is to be different. It's not just different on Sunday mornings. It's different on Sunday afternoons. Sunday does not look like Monday. It has to be different. It has to be set apart. It is holy. It is not when we work. It is when we rest. It is a day that we give to God. Because God made you this way. And he gave us these instructions. You know he made you with an abundance of energy? I know a lot of us are saying now, I don't really feel like I've got a lot of energy. Happens with age. But he made you with an abundance of energy. He made you with six days of energy. You know when you need to get refreshed? Seventh day. Let me ask you, how many of you have an iPhone or an Android phone that you turn on, you never turn off? It goes 20, 25, 30, 80 days, 100 days. It's gone on for three years. What do you do with it every night? Every night, you recharge it, right? It's a battery of an electronic device. We're not electronic devices, but we need rest. Now, I know the question that you have. Some of you are asking, Saturday, Sunday, Sabbath, Jewish Saturday. So Sunday is the first day of the week. Saturday is seventh day of the week. Old Testament says to rest on the Sabbath. So let's talk about that for a minute. As Christians, we have for centuries respected Sunday as the Lord's Day. As Christians, we have to honor and respect the Old Testament. But the difference is, is that Christians honor and respect the Old Testament through the lens of the New Testament. When it comes to the Sabbath, it's important for us to know what Jesus says about the Sabbath and look through that lens at the Old Testament instructions that God gave his people. So to truly understand what Jesus is saying about the Sabbath, again, we need a little bit of a backstory here. In our Bible at the end of the Old Testament, in the book of Malachi, in our Bible, you flip the page and you're in Matthew chapter 1. In reality, that's a period of about 400 years. And during these 400 years, and even some time before that, the Jewish scribes and the religious leaders, they, they started to add a lot of rules to the commandments that God had given. The religious leaders, they, became, uh, they, they came to embellish a lot of the details in, in the commandments. And the goal was, if we create all of these rules, then we're not going to unintentionally break any of God's commands. So what started out as a rule of uh, honor the Sabbath and, and keep it holy became now a rule that had many different laws attached to it. So the law that they created lays down the Sabbath day, not only as a day to keep holy, but a day to not do any work. And it's a great principle. But to legalists, to, to people with a deep passion for the law, they now have to define what is work. Well, all right, let's figure that out. What is work? So it was determined that to carry a burden on the Sabbath was work. But now you have to determine what's a burden. So the church authorities, they determined that a burden is, I'll give you a couple of examples. Um, if you are carrying food that is equal to the weight of a dry fig, too much. 
That's carrying a burden. If you're carrying enough wine to be mixed in a goblet, too much. If you're carrying enough milk for a swallow, too much. If you're carrying enough honey to cover a wound, too much. If you're carrying enough ink to write two letters from the alphabet, too much. That's carrying a burden. They would spend endless hours arguing on whether a man can lift a lamp from one side of the room to another side of the room. They would argue about if a woman could wear a brooch, if a man in public could wear artificial teeth, no joke. If a man were able to lift a child on the Sabbath. These are all the essence of the religion that was that was prevalent during the time period when Jesus walked the earth. These are the rules and the regulations that had been created by the scribes and the Pharisees and the religious leaders of the day. So when Jesus comes into the picture, of course, the scribes and the Pharisees, they're they're frustrated with Jesus because he's not observing all of these rules that they had created, that man had created. These aren't rules that God created. These are rules that man created. In the book of Mark, we see that Jesus was walking through some grain fields with his disciples one day, and the Pharisees said, why are your disciples breaking heads of grain and eating it on the Sabbath? Like, that's work. When Jesus was healing people on the Sabbath, they can't believe that because that, healing somebody, thats if you're a doctor, that's work. That's working on the Sabbath. And Jesus told them something that is so important. We're in Mark chapter 2, verse number 27. It reads like this. And Jesus said to them, The Sabbath was made to meet the needs of people and not people to meet the requirements of the Sabbath. What does that mean to us? That means that the Sabbath, this day of rest, this day to keep holy and honor God, it was made for us. We weren't made to show up and satisfy God and, and, and to just... God didn't make it for Him. He didn't make it for Him to just look down and see all of His followers worshiping Him that day. He didn't make it for Him. He made it for us. See, when we look at the fourth commandment through the lens of the New Testament, we can see that Jesus is our Sabbath. See, sometimes we have a hard time resting, turning off our minds and just being, meditating, focusing on God. Sometimes we can't find rest. Everything in our world, it moves so fast. It never stops. The kids never stop crying. The dog never stops barking. The phone never stops ringing. The texts never stop coming through. The the bills don't stop. The family doesn't stop needing things. Life doesn't seem to stop. Back in the 1970s, there was a, a product called Calgon. If you remember Calgon... Calgon was a bubble bath, and Calgon's slogan was, Calgon, take me away. And then you would see a lady in a bathtub just relaxing, and and all of her cares were gone because of Calgon. And Calgon may have been able to bring physical and maybe some mental moments of relaxation and rest in a bathtub, but 
Only Jesus can bring a spiritual rest and relaxation to our souls. There's no product that can bring the type of rest for your heart. There's only one who could bring that Sabbath. He alone is our Sabbath. Look what Jesus says in Matthew chapter 11. Then Jesus said, come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. As Christians, our Sabbath rest is found in Jesus. It's the rest of our souls. It's the rest in knowing that you don't have to do it by yourself. Bring your burdens It's the rest of knowing that you don't have to live by rules and and regulations. It's the rest that that you know that you don't have to show up at church on Sunday to make it to heaven because, because your salvation is not based on Sunday morning. He is our rest. Is there strength in the principle of stopping our work after six days and, and resting and worshiping and honoring God, is there strength in that principle? Yeah, there is strength in that principle. It is good for your soul. I would say it's good for your body. God has made it. He has written a prescription for your time that says work six, rest one. Don't just rest your body, rest your mind, rest your soul, and make this day holy. If Jesus is our rest, and if we need to rest our mind and our body and our spirit, then we need to make sure that we are taking our Sabbath, that we are resting, that we are making this day holy that we are setting apart a day for God and making this day drastically different from any other day. I know that many of you work schedules, and I've done it too, where we have to work on Sunday and we have to work on Saturday. But during your week, one day needs to be set aside for rest and for God. Can it be a Wednesday? Yeah, it could be a Wednesday. Can it be a a, a Friday? Yeah, it could be a Friday. But we need to make sure that that day looks different from all of the other days of the week. Why? Because we are coming to a day that is holy. We are not working. We are separating a day and setting it aside for God. I wonder what time God sets aside for us. 
I know that any time that I've called on God, any time that I've been, I've been praying, any time that I've been talking to God, there's never a time when God's told me He's too busy for me. There's never a time where He says, you know what, I just, I know it's my day off, but I'm just going to answer. I just, I need to get through a few emails and then I'm going to, I'll, and I'll be with you after that. God doesn't put us off to the side. He gives us his full attention every single day. God tells us, yeah, walk in my love every day, but work six and take one, make it different from all of the other days and keep it holy. Keep it separated from anything else for me. This week, I pray that you will find a day. I actually pray that today, even after church, that you continue to keep this day holy, that you continue to rest, that you continue to be in God's love. Is this a great time to open up your Bible, maybe dust it off, spend some time in the pages? Probably a good day to do that. Is it a good day to come together in fellowship? It's probably a good day to do that. Right after church today, we're going to have fellowship on Zoom, and that's popping up. You'll find a link in your, in your um, chat room right now. Come to Zoom and join us as we fellowship together and spend time together in His name. This week, I ask you to honor the Sabbath and keep it holy. Let's pray.